Hey guys, I'm Carrie and this is Bloom Podcast. Welcome back. I took another two weeks off from the podcast, but I'm back. Now is the perfect time to put out my new mental health update, whatever I'm going to call this. I'm not sure yet, but that's what we will be talking about later on in today's episode. I released an episode approximately a year ago now talking all about my mental health and what I was struggling with at the time. I just wanted to release this as an update and kind of like a follow-up to that. So without further ado, let's just get into like a little recap from the last two weeks. I will talk about my highlights from the last two weeks. My brother was actually in town again for his birthday. So his birthday was last Friday and we celebrated that and then I got to see him a few times over the last week and that was good. I'm so glad that I got to hang out with him again. But he unfortunately left today, so that's so very sad. But we will miss him and hopefully he will be back. I think he'll be back sometime later this year. But also, I took a trip to Atlanta last weekend, which was very fun. I went to see one of my classmates that I graduated PA school with. And we became super close friends when we did a little OR rotation one summer during the program. And we've stayed close ever since, which I'm super thankful for. So I went and stayed with her and her fiance. And it was the greatest time. We had such a good time. They are so fun and I just love them so much. So that was a quick little getaway for me and very exciting. And then I will <laughs> not go into any low lights. I will I will save that for a little bit later because I think that will be appropriate. I will talk about my new favorite. I did get a new laptop. I got the new MacBook Air 15 inch M2 don't know what that means, but that's what I got in in the color Midnight. I'm obsessed with my new laptop. I am not using it right now because I did not know that I would have to have a little converter to be able to plug my USB into the computer. So that's my bad, and I'm really upset about it. But I will get one of those tomorrow, and hopefully next week I will be able to use the laptop. As far as what I've been watching, reading, listening to, not much, honestly. I, I'm in a worship music kick so literally every single morning I start my morning with worship music I listen to it while I'm getting ready most of the time I'll listen to it when I get into the car and on my way to work and then every time I get in my car throughout the day I'm listening to worship music so that is pretty much all I've got going as far as what I'm listening to as far as what I'm reading right now I am doing a couple of Bible studies I've got one the same devotional that I've been doing for a while by Lisa Turkhurst. It's called You're Going to Make It. And then I also started a new book by her. It's called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. I'm super excited about it. I'm a little bit behind on the study and I'm supposed to be doing it with a friend. Um, unfortunately, I am I am a bit behind, but I was on call this weekend. So that kind of put a kicker into things. There are so many sounds outside of my window right now. It's not even funny. So we're just going to hop right in and we're going to power through and it's going to be perfect. So this is going to be another part to our mental health series. My sister and I started this last year and we, I think we had three or four parts last year and I did one solo episode on one of them. So I put out a story on my, our, our Instagram a couple of weeks ago asking you guys to ask me 
any questions that you want to know, you know, the answers to. This could be pertaining to my mental health or updates on my mental health, all of the things. And there were a ton of questions that I got. So I'm obviously not going to be able to go through every single one of those in this episode today. What I will do, I will separate these out into categories. So there were a ton of questions about social anxiety, anxiety in general, how do I cope with anxiety, coping mechanisms, self-care, lots of things pertaining to that, which I appreciate those questions 100%, but I feel like they deserve their own episode, especially the social anxiety aspect of things, because I feel like it's a subcategory of anxiety that I wouldn't want to group into everything that I'm going to be talking about today, because that's something that I would want to focus more on as opposed to what I'm going to be talking about today. So as far as what today is going to be about, it's going to be mainly about updates on me and where I am in my mental health journey and what I'm currently doing, stuff like that. Okay, so all of these questions are ones that I got from the story. So I will go ahead and start with the biggest one. I'm not really going to go into any details about this. I'm going to put this out here one more time for the public. And this will, I won't say it will be the last time that I talk about this. But in the future, I would prefer to keep it more generalized and more about the topic of divorce itself, not so much about the person. So someone asked, <laughs> what happened to you and Tyler? And I will say this, we separated earlier this year. We filed for divorce in March. We were finalized in May. So now we are officially divorced. That is all I'm going to say. We are no longer together. We are on good terms, I think. We do talk occasionally, but it's not about anything super specific. But we we are on good terms as far as, I mean, in my, in my mind, we are. So that's all that you really need to know. I will not be putting any more details about out about him or anything else. So if you have any questions specifically about divorce and navigating that, I'm more than happy to talk about that. But as far as like our personal situation, I'm not going to share any details about that. So moving along, someone asked, how are you really doing? I truly appreciate this question because I feel like in the beginning, it was it was everybody coming at me all at once. You know, everyone wanted to just shower me with love. And I really did appreciate that. Now, there were times where I just simply needed to be alone. And that is perfectly okay, you know, when you're going through something like this. Like, you have to be alone in order to grieve. And I knew that, you know, wholeheartedly. And my therapist had told me that, too. So I did appreciate the time that I had alone in the beginning by myself. But also, I do appreciate everyone checking in on me constantly because it <laughs> you know, when you get a divorce, you feel like absolutely no one could ever understand what you're going through and no one really cares about you, especially, you know, when you're separating from a person. But as far as how I'm doing right now, I am doing okay. I I don't want to say I'm doing okay. I'm actually doing pretty good, honestly. I will say feelings like come in waves and the way that my therapist described it to me is I would have to go through every phase of the grieving process, which I believe I fully have to have at this point. But sometimes that comes back in, unfortunately, just here and there. And it's not, it definitely doesn't stay as long as it used to. So when I would get those feelings of grief and sadness, 
when we first started this whole process, it it would seem to linger for days and honestly weeks in the beginning. But now if something happens or if I hear of something or, you know, there's a reminder of anything, it it comes on so fast, but then it leaves just as quickly. So I will say that I'm doing well. I am really trying to rekindle some friendships right now. I'm seeing my family as much as possible just because honestly, I'd, I would be nowhere today without them. And if any of you are listen, listening to this, I want you to know that like my family literally saved me during this whole thing. Obviously, my friends had a lot of impact on me during this whole terrible situation. But in the beginning, you know, that earlier this year, I really did lean into my family and I would go home every single weekend. I don't go home every single weekend now, but I try to go home as much as possible. And I try to spend as much time with my friends as I can. So I'm really appreciative to my friends and family, but I am doing really good right now. I I don't know. I just feel I just feel like my life is taking a turn and I'm just excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see where life takes me. I'm super excited about the things that I want to do in the future and I just hope that you guys stick around to see what that looks like for me in my newly single life at the ripe old age of 31. <laughs> but yeah, I really am I really am doing good. Now, I won't say that I'm just perfect and everything's sunshine, rainbows and butterflies because it's not. Like I said, it comes in waves and I still do have bad parts of my day, but most of my days are not fully bad. And I try to, I really try to cling to the quote, every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. And I fully do believe that. It can be something super small, something so minute that happens and it can be good. So I I really try to lean into those small moments of goodness, honestly. Next question. What is the best thing that has happened to you recently? Hmm, that's, that is, that's a hard one, honestly. I think the best thing that has happened to me recently is just honestly taking the time to be with myself and really like evaluate what matters to me in this life and what I want to get out of this life and then realizing exactly what that is and um you know just having a good time honestly like just having trying to see the silver lining and everything trying to have fun see my family see my friends travel the traveling honestly is has been such an escape for me and I really do enjoy that. I haven't been anywhere just like super huge lately. I did go to Charleston earlier back in May. I've been to Arkansas. I went to Atlanta this past weekend. I've been to Georgia a few a few times actually this year and I you know, I'm just taking it day by day and doing just anything that I can to make this life more beautiful. And yeah, so honestly, just living is, is is the best thing that has happened to me recently. Like instead of sitting here in my bed or, you know, laying in the bed, moping around my house when I'm alone, like I just try to get out and do as much as I can, obviously within reason. Like I do have 
dogs, fur babies at the house. So I can't go, 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 go all the time. But I definitely try not to say no to too many opportunities because I know that sometimes you only get an opportunity once. Like earlier this year when I went to three concerts, three nights in a row, which was insane, actually. Like, honestly, I look back at that and I'm like, that is insanity. (laughs) There's no reason why I should have done that, but I did have a great time. So that's just the best thing that's happened to me lately. Just living, living my life. Honestly, there's nothing specific going on at all. Okay. Next question. What's the best positive part you've gained in divorce while growing slash healing? Number one, I fell back into my faith. And by that, I mean, at the beginning of this whole process of going through the divorce and the separation, I was really bitter when people would say, you just need to lean into God. You need to do this. You need to do that. Lean on God and he will do everything that you need. Go to church. Start praying. Do all. And I just, I hate I don't want to say I hate. I just, when I look back at that situation, and if I, if I ever, if I ever encounter someone that is going through the same thing that I went through this year, I don't want to just shove my faith into their face. Okay. That is something that someone has to be ready for. They have to want that for themselves. You can't sit here and try to force someone to do something because it's something that's worked for you, people really have to learn for themselves, okay? And just like when when people s- try to change others, they're not going to change for anyone but for themselves, okay? Now, you can change for God, but, or God can change you, but you also, ha- there has to be a want there. You know, we do have free will for a reason. So I, um, I really did push back a lot of those people that were trying to tell me what to do and how to live my life. And looking back, I'm not mad that I did that. I wish I do look back on my life in the last few years where I've kind of fell out of, I don't want to say that I just completely stopped believing because that is not true. Because I still very much so would pray and, you know, listen to worship music music occasionally. I would go to certain church services and definitely put a priority on marriage conferences and things like that. That was always something that I was really big into and something that I knew that I always wanted to do. But when people started telling me what I needed to do in order to get over my divorce, it was just like, you have no idea for one, because I know for a fact you've never been through a divorce, so cut that out. And that's another that's another thing that really irks me, and this is completely off subject, but I don't like when people say things like, I completely understand, because you don't, okay? Now, there, there can be similar situations, yes, but it, it's just that's not your place. You know, you can't, that doesn't make it any better. If you say, I completely understand what you're going through, that kind of invalidates what that person is going through. So saying things like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I can imagine that would, that would be hard for you or something along those lines. So when people started telling me what to do in the beginning, I was like, please stop, please actually, actually just stop because 
you're not helping anything. And then one day after months of therapy on my own, I, I don't know, I just felt this overwhelming need to get back into it. And so that was the point where I started diving into my Bible studies and my devotionals. And actually, I don't think that I started that at first. I think that I started just listening to worship music because something, if you don't know me personally, (laughs) this is probably TMI. I do love to sing. Can I sing? Well, no, I cannot. My brother can sing. My older brother, he's a really, he has a very beautiful voice and he actually leads the worship at his church. But I've always liked to sing. I grew up singing in church. Not well, as I said, but I do enjoy it. And I sing in the shower. I sing in the car. I just be singing. Like I'll be walking around talking about something. I just started singing in the middle of a sentence. But so that was the first thing that I started doing was listening to worship music. And I would do that every morning. Like I said earlier in this video, every single morning I wake up, turn it on. And I would just have like a random playlist that I found. And if I found a song that I liked or remembered from, you know, when I did used to go to church, I would put that in my own playlist. So now I have like this running playlist of all these songs that I love. So that was the first big thing that got me back into it. And then doing my morning devotional, my evening devotional, and then doing adding Bible study on top of that. So that honestly, that has been the best part because that in its in and of itself has brought me the most peace and contentment that I could that I could ever hope for. And I know that I wouldn't have that at all if I had not been doing those like utilizing those practices. And I mentioned in a podcast a few times back where my grandmother was, you know, she lost her husband of 52 years, I believe it was. And also, you know, my grandfather. And she told me like the, the way that she handled it, the way that she made it through was just simply by, you know, the grace of God and his, you know, hand in her life. And I truly believe that 100%. And I'm, and I'm thankful that I got to have that conversation with her because at that time I was, I was going through a little transition period. This was probably end of mid June to end of June. I was going through a little bit of a transition period where I I really started to feel better and I started to, my whole outlook on everything started to change and as opposed to poor pitiful me, I'm never going to, I'm going to be alone forever. I can't believe that this is happening to me. Like why, 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 why? It just all turned and it was like, no, you are meant for more. There is something better out there for you. You will find someone one day when you won't find someone, they will come to you because I'm not looking y'all. They going to come to me when, when the Lord, (laughs) I'm not trying to preach, I swear, but seriously, when he decides that I'm ready, then it will, then it will happen. And I'm okay with that. I'm perfectly content with waiting. And I know that I'm in a waiting period. I'm in a waiting period for a lot of things in my life right now, not just you know, a husband. And I don't even need a husband. Okay. I don't even need, I don't need a boyfriend. I don't need nobody. Okay. I really don't. And that's, and that's another, that's another big thing 
that has been a positive part is like learning that I'm, I'm going to be okay by myself. Okay. I can live this life. I can pay my own bills. I can do my own traveling. I can do whatever I want to do by myself. It does not, I do not have to have another person to enjoy this life. Okay. It, it's perfectly okay. And actually quite good by myself. It really is. And so that's one thing. Okay, obviously, disclaimer. I do go through periods of time where I'm like sitting here alone on a Wednesday night and I'm like, damn, I really am by myself. What the heck? But it, like I said earlier, it comes on, it leaves as soon as it comes on. Like it's just like super quick. And I'm like, Carrie, stop. Like you're, you're being freaking ridiculous. Okay. That's enough about that one. Most positive thing was I, I stepped back into my faith and I've said this a million times, you know, to my family and friends, but I'll say it again. I'll say it here for the pod, for the record. I would do it talking about my marriage and the last eight years of my life. I would do it all over again. I would lose, I would go through all of that all over again and lose him, my ex-husband, all over again if it meant that I would get to this point in my life where I gained Christ back. And that is, that is a 100% fact. And I hope that I'm not scaring anybody off. Okay, next question. Let's get to some of the mental health stuff. Are you still in therapy? Yes, I am. I actually started therapy right after I felt like the separation from my husband was going to happen. So that was back in January. Ex-husband. Ex-husband, sorry. And I... I started therapy, I think it was like the second week in January. So I've been in therapy for the last, what is that, six months-ish or whatever. And I I knew that I would not be able to get through this because I knew I knew something bad. I knew something bad was going to happen, y'all. I knew, and I'm talking about the divorce. I knew that that was probably going to be what happened. And so I knew that I could not get through this on my own. And again, Everybody was like, lean into your faith, do this, 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 and I'm like, I need therapy right now, okay? Like, let me have my therapy. And so, little up, little update about, no, I'll wait till, I'll wait till a little bit further on that. So, I knew that I needed therapy, and I started at the end of January. The next question is, how often do you have therapy? I have therapy once a week. And that is typically on Thursdays. And I have, I think I've only missed maybe one or two weeks since I've been back in therapy this year. Um, And that's crucial for me because I notice a huge difference, like especially in the beginning of all this process, I notice a huge difference in my mental health when I would have to go two weeks without having a therapy appointment as opposed to just the one week. So... I do have a session every Wednesday or Thursday is typically when I do it. And I typically do it on my lunch break. I do use an online service. It is called BetterHelp. I'm not sponsored by them whatsoever. I will leave a link down into the the description of this episode where you can save some money and get you some free therapy if you feel like that is your journey. I would highly recommend if you've ever even thought about getting therapy, I feel like it's good for everybody. Even if you think that you have just the perfect life, it's it's never a bad idea to talk to someone that has absolutely no idea who you are 
and has no biases towards you whatsoever. So you really might learn something about yourself if you do hop into it. But so I do therapy once a week and I typically just do a little chat session with my therapist. I know a lot of people prefer to have in in person sessions. That for me was not super important because my schedule is so crazy busy and I never know when I'm going to be off, when I'm going to be on, you know, working doing whatever, having an emergency case or whatever, which is um, good for me because the better help is super flexible. So you can get on there. You can make yourself a profile. You can choose what you're kind of focusing on. I, I literally put on there that I was about to go through a divorce or I was in a separation. And I also put on there that I didn't mind having a counselor that had a faith, you know, based approach to things. Now, I will say my counselor does not try to force me into any you know, Christian-based practices or anything like that. If I talk about it, she is more than open, more than um, happy to talk about it with me as well. But so I do the therapy once a week and I just get on my phone and I chat with her. There's an app. It's super easy. I will say therapy is super expensive. So definitely weigh your options if your insurance will cover the online stuff versus in person. I did not do that because I just knew that my schedule was crazy, but I do, I do have therapy once per week. Now I will say this, I had a discussion with my therapist a week and a half ago and I had noticed on the payment settings that there was a new maintenance plan and that is basically for one live session a month, but I could still chat with her if I ever had a need or, you know, wanted to discuss something with her. So I talked to her and I told her that I'd seen that option. And before I could even ask if she thought that I was a good candidate for it, she was like, if you're asking me about that because you are, you know, contemplating whether this is a good idea for you, she said, honestly, I think that you are in a much better place than you were, you know, six months ago, even three months ago, two months ago. You're, you know, the practices to use, you know, what helps you get out of these little dark areas your, you know, life. And she said that I, she thought that I would be a good candidate for it. And, you know, she said it was some, it would be something that I could always try out. And if I felt like it wasn't enough that I could always come back to the once a week sessions. So I was happy that she kind of took that initiative and told me, you know, that she thought I'd had enough progress in order to kind of take a small step back from therapy, not necessarily just completely go go cold turkey. Um, but I will say this, I did change my plan to the maintenance plan and that was supposed to start at the beginning of this next month. So that's August. But then I got an email the other day. I have talked about my aura ring in the past. I wear an aura ring. I'm not on hormonal birth control any longer. I quit the pill oh my gosh, it's been over a year now. Not for any reason at all other than I just felt like it was time for me to get off of it and I didn't want to be on any kind of hormones and I didn't want to, you know, I just wanted to kind of try to get my body back to an equilibrium that it was at prior to birth control. So um, I use the Aura Ring to, one, track my sleep because sometimes I have a hard time sleeping and two, to track my temperatures for my cycles. So it links up to my natural cycles app, which is my um, app that I use to track my menstrual cycle and all of that stuff as birth control, which right now it's not very important for me because, you know, I am single. So I got on my email and I saw that Aura had sent me an email 
and I was just reading down through there, you know, there, sometimes they'll do like, they'll put like a study in there of like things that affect your sleep or just like loads of things, like just ways to learn. And I'm always up for learning. And so I got to a part of the article and it was talking about better help. And I was like, wait, what? And so apparently Aura Ring and better help have partnered together in order to give Aura's members a free month of therapy. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is actually amazing. And I love that. So I actually reached out to BetterHelp because, you know, obviously I'm already on a schedule with BetterHelp, but I do have an Aura ring. And I just essentially said, hey, I saw this promotion on Aura's email. I was wondering if there was any way I could get that added to my account. And after a couple of emails back and forth, they did add a free month of therapy to my BetterHelp account, which was really awesome. So I am going to do one more full month of therapy. So that's a once a week session with my therapist. And then in at the beginning of September, I will switch back over to the maintenance plan. And that will just be the one live session a month. So I think it'll be good for me to have this one final month of therapy um, consistently. And then, you know, see where see where it takes me. But yes, so I do I do still do therapy. The next question, how do you find a good therapist? Oh, this is so hard because like I said earlier, a lot of people want to do therapy in person. I highly recommend, because therapy is so expensive, I do highly recommend you get in touch with your insurance company and see who is in network with your insurance company so that you can try to save as much money as possible out the gate. That way you can see if therapy is even the right fit for you. Um, and you don't have to stick with the same therapist. Like if you decide that that therapist is not for you, you can always switch to another one that's in network. And I would exhaust all measures before having to pay like an ungodly amount of money for a therapist. But I don't really know what the going rate for therapy is if you do have insurance. But on BetterHelp, I know I can go ahead and tell you it is $80 a week. So that and it's billed monthly, at least the plan that I have. So that's $320 a month, which is insane to me that people have to pay that much money to get good mental health care these days. It is it's actually insane. So as far as how to find a good therapist, I don't really know because the first time that I did any kind of online service, it was with, I will, I will just go ahead and say it was with Cerebral. Nothing bad against Cerebral whatsoever. I chose Cerebral because I knew that they had prescribers on the app so that I could do my therapy and also be prescribed a medication if needed all in one place, which I was thankful for at the time. And I do feel like I needed that at the time. So I started therapy I don't know, I guess that was a month ago, or a month, oh my gosh, a year or so ago, I got on the Cerebral app, and I, I was, okay, trigger warning, trigger warning, this is, this is going all over the place, but I feel like you need to know this, if you haven't listened to my other episode, I need to put this here, so that I can kind of explain my whole process of getting back into therapy, and where I'm at with this, so I signed up, no, 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 Carrie, backtrack, about a year or so ago, I started having suicidal ideation, suicidal, no plan, but I was definitely thinking about things that I shouldn't have been thinking about and I did not want to be around anymore. Okay. I'll say it like that. And so I immediately knew, and at the time, you know, I did, I was married and I 
did have a partner that kind of realized that it was a problem and that I needed to get help. So I did sign up for cerebral. I started my therapy <clears throat> almost immediately, which was great, but I could not see a prescriber for like months. Like it was months out and I was like, this is not going to work because I was so scared that the therapy wasn't going to work on its own because I was having those thoughts and it was, you know, kind of scary. And so I thought, I I need medicine like now, like I need to kick this in the butt. And I know as a medical provider, sometimes medications can take upwards of six weeks, six, eight, you know, weeks to get into your system and start working. So I wanted to start, I wanted to start with therapy first and see if that would work. And it did not. And I think at the time it was just bad, like a bad match for me and not a great therapist for my needs at the time. And so that might have been why therapy didn't just work out the gate, but I'm not sure. I wasn't really doing any other kind of self-help practices other than walking outside for like 10 minutes and just like standing in the sun or, you know, walking in the middle of the day, like my hot girl walks or mental health walks as I should have been calling them. So I, I was able to get in with a prescriber a little bit earlier they brought on a new prescriber and I was prescribed, you know, a medication. Uh, I was prescribed Zoloft at the time and then I was probably on that for a couple of months and I was having significant side effects from that, which is so frustrating to me because one of the reasons I had came off my birth control in the first place, this same, this medication, this new medication that I was taking was causing those problems again. And so I was like, this is annoying. So I talked to my prescriber again. I was prescribed another medication. So on two medications to take to counteract the side effects of the first medication, which is looking back, I'm like, I understand that that's like what the book says to do. But at the same time, like maybe, maybe not put someone who's never been on an antidepressant before on two, like immediately. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. So then I was placed on another antidepressant, and that was Wellbutrin, so I was on the two. I was on that for a few months, saw no difference whatsoever. Like, I just didn't, I just didn't feel like it was working for me at all. So talked to my prescriber about that again, and he recommended that we take, we wean me off of those medications and try a newer medication, which in turn would m most likely have less side effects than the first two, so... I was started on, I weaned down off of those medications and then I was prescribed Trintelix. Now, if you know anything about Trintelix, Trintelix is a newer, um, I think it's an SSRI. It, and the newer medications, unfortunately, because they don't have generic versions, are super expensive. So even with insurance, this prescription was going to cost me upwards of $100 a month. Which if you add in the therapy that I was doing with that, I mean, it, I was probably paying $500 a month for my mental health. That is not sustainable for every person. I understand that I'm very blessed and I have a great job and I make, you know, a decent salary for myself. I have no kids, so I have no other responsibilities other than myself, my bills. And I mean, obviously at the time I did have a husband, but I'm talking specifically about this point in my life. I can't imagine being someone that has children, a husband you know, maybe a load of debt or, you know, whatever. And then also having mental health issues and not being able to get the care that they need because they can't afford it. It is 
absolutely ridiculous. But I had already exhausted two other generic medications and so I was desperate for anything and fortunately for me and you know I do feel very privileged in the fact that I was able to get this medication. Now I will say all of that to say this there is a coupon that did bring it down to $10 a month for me. At first I didn't like I didn't know that there would be a coupon and so I was willing to pay whatever it took to just be okay. Um, but that was very fortunate. So I was able to get the medication for $10 a month. I was on that medication, I don't know, probably four, five, six months, something like that. And I'm not going to say that it didn't do anything for me. I do feel like it kind of numbed my emotions and my feelings. So that aspect of it, I did not enjoy at all. And I didn't necessarily want to just have no feelings towards anything. Like, I didn't feel anxious, but I also didn't feel joyful. I didn't feel happy and I didn't feel like myself. So I started weaning myself off of that medication around, I think, the end of December, beginning of January which was poor timing on my part, honestly. Not that I knew, I didn't know about, you know, I didn't know what was, what was about to happen in my life. I honestly didn't, but yeah. So I weaned myself off of the medication just right around the time that my husband and I started talking about a divorce. So I have not been on any medication since. And honestly, in the beginning, it was hard because as someone with severe anxiety and depression, you know, you can, and me, for me, I don't have, they didn't diagnose me with major depressive disorder. They diagnosed me with a minor depressive episode or something like that. And so with that being said, I'm not necessarily depressed, just like 24 seven. I'm, you know, I go through periods of time where I'm, I can be depressed for like weeks or months, but then like it'll it it comes in waves, okay? This episode is all about waves. That was lame. Um, ignore that. But so for me, I wanted to feel joy again. I didn't feel any of that. It was just like all it was it was like all or nothing. Like I either had all of these anxious thoughts or I had no no nothing at all. I didn't have any joy, I had no happiness, and so I am thankful that I decided to wean myself off of that medication as well. And I feel like that's helped me with my, I don't want to say it's helped me with my mental health, but it's helped me get back to myself. Like I I feel like myself again. I'm happy. I, I like to make jokes. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I like to make other people laugh. I I don't know. I just feel more joyful these days. And I don't know. I know that that, you know, it has a lot of to do. It's very situational as well. But I just feel like the medications for me personally numbed me completely. And I just had no feelings for anything, honestly. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that side of me. I I didn't think that it was worth it for me to stay on the medication solely so that I wouldn't have any anxious or depressive thoughts because I was still having some anxious and depressive thoughts. So it's like 
I'm either on the medication and I'm numb to everything and I still do get anxious or depressed sometimes, or I'm off the medication and maybe I have a few more anxiety episodes here and there, but I can be happy at sometimes too, which obviously at the beginning when I did wean myself off of the medicine, I wasn't, (laughs) there were no happy times. Like there were absolutely zero happy times, probably from about, I don't know, January to April or something like that. May, I don't really, I don't really remember the timeline of things of when things started to turn around for me. But now that I'm in therapy, not on medication, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a lot better. Now I'm not saying that Only therapy is the answer for everyone. That's probably not the case. I know plenty of my friends and family members and acquaintances and all that that are on medication and it works super great for them. And I'm so happy that they've had good success. And I'm not saying that I will never take medication for anxiety or depression again because that would be probably a lie. Um, I'm just saying that I haven't found one that works for me well yet. I do know that there is a test out there that you can take. I think it might be a blood test or I can't remember exactly. I know one of my friends did it and it tells you exactly which um, SSRIs, SNRIs will work for you. Like it'll give you like red, yellow, green. And from that, your doctor can prescribe you one that is that will help your genetic make. I don't really know how it works. But my friend said she had great success with that. So that's also an option. I'm sure that cost a pretty penny, though. So think about that. So last question. Do you think therapy is underutilized and instead we tend to jump straight to medications? If maybe insurance would help cover therapy, maybe we would choose that over medication more. This will be the last and final question for this episode. This I wanted to kind of touch on because of everything that I've already said in this episode. I do think that therapy is underutilized. I I think that we tend to jump straight to medications because it's the cheapest option. And it's also, I don't want to say it's a quick fix because it's definitely not because those medications take time to get into your system. And if you don't know that going into it, you can be super discouraged and you can feel like, you're taking that medication for a week and you should be completely healed by the end of that week. And it's just not the case. You really do have to give, especially SSRIs, SNRIs, you really do have to give them like a full six weeks before you even know if it's going to be a good fit for you. So I do think that therapy is underutilized, but I think that that is underutilized because it is so expensive. I told you earlier, it cost me $320 to do my therapy through BetterHelp. And I'm not saying that to brag like I can afford that. I'm saying that that is absolutely insane. Like that's more than some people's car payments. And that's that's just crazy to me that in order to have, and with the mental health epidemic that we have, like the mental health of everyone these days, like with cell phones and, and especially kids, like there's more prevalence of anxiety and depression in children these days than there used to be obviously because of cell phones and comparison and just bullying and all of that stuff so I do think that we hop to medication first but I think that that's because it's a cheaper option and it's more attainable than going to therapy 
in person or online or whatever it may be. And I don't know how much in-person therapy is. I've never tried to utilize that, but I know a lot of places don't even take insurance at all. So, and if they do take insurance, it's something where you have to pay up front and then they like insurance will reimburse you for it. I don't know if that's a partial reimbursement or a full reimbursement, but I know for me personally, when I first started the whole journey with my mental health, I wanted to try to utilize everything that I could prior to trying medication. Now, with me having the thoughts that I was having at the time, you know, obviously in the beginning, I was like, yes, I just want to do therapy. I just want to try to, you know, work on my breathing, do some journaling, you know, meditation, whatever. But then like when those intrusive thoughts come in, I I just knew, I knew the therapy wasn't going to kick it for me. Like I needed to be medicated. And so fast forward, whenever I got medicated, I, I still then had to wait over a month for, to see if that even worked. So then at that time, I was still utilizing the therapy, but I was also in a waiting period trying to see if my medication would work. So I can see how that can be super frustrating and why some people would just choose to ignore it or not even try to go to therapy or even try to see someone that might could potentially prescribe you medication because it's so frustrating when the medications don't work for you like the, the first time. And then it's also frustrating If you find a therapist and you don't particularly click with them, like that can be super frustrating. So I think that there's a lot to be done in the U.S. specifically when it comes to mental health and, you know, trying to make this world and, you know, the U.S. more, it's, it needs to be more attainable, more not attainable, accessible. It needs to be more accessible for people. And I just don't think that there are near enough resources for it. And that's why Courtney and I have kind of chose to talk about this a lot on our podcast because it's just not talked about enough. And I feel like people, I know at least for me, like I had family members and friends come up to me and they're like, I had no idea that you had anxiety or depression. And it's like, obviously, because I didn't want you to know, you know, like, why would I want you to know this this part of me that I thought was so dark and twisted when now I just, I just realized that that's something in my head that I can't control. And I don't look at it as something that's dark and twisted. Now I look at it as that's something that I went through and I'm still, I still battle with anxiety and depression. I really do, but I have better coping mechanisms now than I did a year ago. And I know that that will continue to improve as I continue to do therapy and as I continue to work on myself and as I continue to try to grow as a person. So I'm sorry to get up on my soapbox, but I I just I think that the U.S. does a really poor job of prioritizing mental health, especially in the workplace and just in general. Honestly, it's actually quite sad to think about. But if you or anyone you know is going through something right now or, you know, you feel like they would benefit or you would benefit from from some therapy, I do have, I will leave that link. Um, And I think, I don't know if it's a month or a week, but any bit of free therapy that you can get to see if it's a good fit for you, I think would be a good thing. And honestly, you know, I also want to just put this out here as well, because I did talk earlier about suicidal ideation and such. There is 
a three-digit number that you can call. I believe it is 988 if you are ever having any of those thoughts. And I definitely want to put that out there. Yeah, 988 is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's available 24 hours. I, that is... That's crucial. I mean, it it, may, it takes the guesswork out of it for people. And honestly, I, I really hope that this reaches one person that needs to hear this because I know what it's like to, oh my gosh, I'm about to get emotional. I know what it's like to go through those periods of time where you just really don't know if you're going to make it and if you're going to be able to crawl out of that hole and you know those thoughts creep in and you really just don't want to be here to deal with it anymore I know exactly what that is like and so and I know that I said earlier not to say that you know how someone feels but I feel like we can all agree that just the feeling of not wanting to be here anymore that that is so hard and something that people don't talk about enough. So I just really hope that if someone is out there that has been having those thoughts or, you know, know someone that has had those thoughts that you will, you know, pass that information along and maybe that will save someone's life. Suicide is something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I definitely don't take lightly. So I really just want to spread awareness and I hope that you guys will do the same, honestly. So if you ever want to talk about mental health or if you ever have a question about anything or, you know, you need some guidance, obviously I'm not a professional. So throw that disclaimer out there as well. I am a medical professional. I am a PA, but I do not work in mental health. I do not work in psychiatry. So this is not my realm of things and I would never give medical or, you know, psychological mental mental health advice for anyone other than just strictly on a what I've been through basis but if you ever want to talk about it or if you want to be pointed into the direction of some resources please let me know and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode I hope I wasn't too chatty and too all over the place but I will be doing a couple more parts to this one specifically for social anxiety I feel like that was a huge topic that people asked about and they want to know about so I'm going to do a whole episode on that and I might try to get a guest on that I know that also has social anxiety as well and then there were some other things about coping mechanisms and how to do self-care and all of that thing all of those things so I will be putting that out there soon as well I have some plans for guests in the future that I'm super excited about. Again, we do miss Courtney dearly, and she will be back one day. I know she will, but I hope you guys have a fabulous week, and it was so great to get some of this stuff off my chest. Thank you guys for participating in the Q&A a couple weeks ago. That helps the podcast greatly. Also, if you can, please go to Spotify and leave a rating and Apple Podcasts and rate and review our podcast if you like it, if you don't like it maybe just leave it you know what I'm saying but thank you guys for the continued support I love you guys so much you have no idea how much this alone helps me it helps me incredibly I just feel like if I can reach one person in this world and change their life not even change their life but just change the way they think about one thing or just help them I feel like that is you know, part of my purpose. So I'm just living out my purpose for you guys. But I love you all so much. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous week. And I will see you again, again next week. 
Bye, guys.